Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're very welcome along to the first show of the GA Hour. We've been six months waiting to get back started, and we got started with a bang. I'm delighted to be joined by Niall McIntyre and a, another Kerry man. I nearly call you a former Kerry man, Kevin McGillicuddy, who I think is based above in Longford. And I don't know what you did for your sins to be based up there, Kevin, but it's great to have the both of you with me today. How are things? Thanks. Good. I'm preaching the football gospel up here in uh, in Longford, Darren, the, the out into the wilderness. But uh, I've travelled the country. I've been in Clare, in Kilkenny, Carlow, Longford. So uh, I've done a tour of the country. So uh, I don't know if the gospel is being spread too much uh, or not, but uh, I'm from, I've moved in at a few different places. So I've got a few different interests in the GA season, always from the places I used to live in. Ah, good. Keep 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 preaching it anyway. Someone's bound to listen. Kevin, you're a former uh, sports show stalwart as well, I believe, uh, back in the day. Yeah, this is my debut on the GAR podcast. I, I was waiting for the call for a long time, but uh, I, I eventually got the call up. This is uh, it's uh, a bit like a league for myself there. I'll get a chance to impress you in the league and we'll see what happens later on in the summer, maybe. There's a lot of debuts over the weekend, so what's one more? That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but there was a lot of there was a lot of big talking points over the weekend. Um, I suppose it's it's hard to know where to start. Um, but it was great to have it back, and it, it just seems that the January blues are starting to leave. We're coming to the end of January, thanks be to God. The GA is back, and we're going to start. I suppose with for myself and Kevin, it'll be a tough one. Uh, Donegal and Kerry. I was expecting more from Kerry. I was actually expecting less from Donegal. Um, but it was a good game. Conditions were tough. And I think, obviously, a lot of talking point afterwards, the, the emotion out of Paddy Carr, his post-match interview. But we'll talk about the game, first of all. Lads, what, what was your thinking on it? I know Kerry were coming in under strength and supposedly under work, but they started very well. The first 25 minutes, I thought, geez, this Donegal team are in trouble this year. Kerry looked good. They looked like they were making all the running and. Once Donegal kind of got to grips with it, they kind of took over from there on in. So I'd say Jack would be disappointed despite obviously being down bodies. I think he would have expected more out of some of the boys that he had in playing on the day. Yeah, I think Darren, I suppose the big thing from a Kerry point of view is the chances that they missed. I think Killian Splann and Tony Boston, this was a big chance for them to impress. And when Darren Roach obviously got three points in his debut, and I think he acquitted himself pretty well. I think. Probably the big talking points on the streets of Tralee and Clary today was probably the forward unit malfunctioning a little bit up top. I think Kerry six, six, kicked six wide in the second half alone. And, you know, the efficiency just wasn't there. And obviously you're missing, you know, three all-star footballers in that forward line, Sean Shea and two Cliffords. And it was a chance for other guys to impress. But they just didn't really take their chances. I don't think and Kerry probably had enough chances you know, to, to make an impact in that second half, even when things weren't going well. But just the efficiency in some of the shot selection was very, very poor. I don't think Kerry got a score from a free all day either. 
which is very unusual, but very low scoring. You wind it back to a month ago, Kerry, you know, the Kildare game, Jack O'Connor, first day out, there was a lot of, of worry faces coming out of Newbridge um, that day. Wasn't yesterday, wasn't maybe quite as worrying when you have Sam McGuire still in the county, but I think Jack O'Connor probably learned an awful lot more about some guys in the panel, and ultimately that's that's what the league is about. But I think up top, without David Clifford and Pawdy and Sean O'Shea, Stephen O'Brien, Paul Ganey, there's a chance for some other of the fringe players to, to stake their claim. But yesterday, maybe some of them uh, need a little bit more work on the training ground to get things right. Because certainly, you're not going to win too many matches scoring just one nine. Yeah. And uh, Niall, I don't know what you'd be thinking about it. Like for me, I was actually, you know, the team was obviously big, big changes into All-Ireland. But you looked at some of the names in the forward line who look, they, they should be pushing for starting spots. And, I think it's important during the league that when you don't have a party, a David, a Shawnee, like that, a Paul Ganey, Stephen O'Brien, we're naming them, that you can stand on your own two feet and you can kind of carry the can of small. But I think there'll be a bit of disappointment from Jack that he didn't get more out of him. But look, obviously they have next weekend at home, but it's very important for these fellas to stand up because it gives other teams a lot of confidence that if you mark David Clifford, <laughs> the rest of them aren't going to step up and that's going to be the question mark hanging over now until they start performing. Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, Darren, like it was a, a big opportunity for Tony Brosden, Killian Spillane in particular. And um, I know it's it's obviously, it's the first round of the league. It's um, it's very early doors and lads, lads can be rusty. Like that's um, a given, but... I'd say they'll be disappointed with their performances. Those two in particular, um, two lads who you would, I suppose, hold out a lot of hope for in maybe stepping up to to help Clifford and to to get a starting spot in the team. But um, they were just a little bit rusty um, yesterday. And I suppose um, it kind of summed up Kerry in general, maybe just a bit, um, a, a little bit off the mark. Yeah, look, like that, I thought they started well and look, maybe it was a bit of fatigue, the lack of uh, training that they've done. But I suppose, back to Donegal, I suppose, I, I was, part of me was delighted to see them get a win. Um, you know, obviously talked with Ian McGee all last year. We talked about how they were never really hitting their potential. Obviously, there was a bit of a, a bit of a circus up there in the off-season with the management. Um, but then Paddy's interview after, I think, I think I have a quote here, it's a wonderful feeling. Spirits have been down and Donegal people have had a very tough time over the last couple of months. We're particularly thinking of the people of Creaselaw at the moment. We're just delighted that we put that heart and spirit in. Um, even the way he said it inside, it was like he was fighting back the tears. Um, he talked about the immigration in Donegal and you know how far and wide people are and that he just hope to put a bit of pride back into him. So it was great to see. I did think there was a lot more uh, ambition out of Donegal yesterday. Their, their long-range kick in Kevin was outstanding. They seemed to be kicking a lot more ball. And Paddy McBrearty probably did what Paddy McBrearty has been doing over the last number of years. was well-marked, but came up with a big moment. But I do think that if they are to kick on and start to do a bit more, he needs to be a bit more prominent throughout the 70 minutes. Yeah, I think Jason Foley had done well on him overall, um, Darren, during the game. But, I mean, they could rename the loop at Dublin Airport the Paddy McBurty loop because he's just yeah. practically trademarked it. Um, and he just knew, he like, he didn't do an awful lot to create that score. He literally just gave a given goal, but got it back. But once he got that two yards, and I think there was a bit of, I think Ty Morley might have got caught flat in his feet a little bit as well. And once he once he got himself set up inside the 45 and took that shot, he knew it was going straight over. He's done it. I think he beat Derry with a last-minute kick a couple of years ago in the championship. He's done it numerous times. And he's a real leader in that team, and you could see what it meant to him at the end of the game. And you mentioned Paddy Carr's quote, there and I thought it was interesting where Paddy Carr was saying that you know he's not afraid of players making mistakes he was saying the biggest mistake is to be worrying about making a mistake and he thought the players play with a bit of freedom and maybe he was having a goal previous management where Johnny Gall was so constrained about getting it to Murphy just get it to Murphy and he'll do things other guys now have to step up but McColgan at being back yesterday was absolutely outstanding for three points um, he ran Kerry ragged. He really just drove at the Kerry defence constantly. And there's a lot of good young footballers in Donegal, maybe that we haven't seen over the last couple of years. But they, they were impressive, albeit against a, an under-strength and under-par Kerry team. 
Yeah, Niall, I think like like that the big thing for Donegal was that they had a lot of new faces that came in and did really well. But as Kevin alluded to there, um, Penny talked about not being afraid. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Kick the ball. And it was so refreshing to hear because one of the things it's become so prominent in GA is stats. And it could be, Niall, you touched the ball 20 times and you only kicked it four times and you had four turnovers. We, we tend to focus on the negatives and that takes away the bit of confidence there or you know, the ability to look for a pass and not to worry about making a mistake. So it was really refreshing to see. And they actually did kick an awful lot more ball than they have done over the last couple of years, which was brilliant to see. And I know they weren't the only team we'll talk, talk about that bit later, but would you hold a bit more optimism, a bit of positive thinking now for Donegal going forward now? Um, I certainly would, um, Darren. Um, I think that, I suppose, coming into um, this league campaign, uh, I suppose spirits were, as as Paddy mentioned in his in his post-match interview on TG Cahar, um, spirits were, were a bit down. Um with Michael Murphy leaving and people, I suppose people were nearly beginning to forget a little bit about Donegal, um, thinking, you know, they have a long way to go. But um, Kevin touched on the young the young lads there. I mean, I was looking at them uh, into them earlier this morning. Caelan McCulgan is only 20. He was man of the match and had a brilliant game. Conor O'Donnell probably pushed him for man of the match. He's only 20 as well. Um, I think everyone was impressed with young uh, Johnny McGrady, another 20-year-old. Uh, he he kind of a very stylish wing forward, I thought, and just a new a new kind of a player. And I think Donegal, like if any, if ever a team needed a shake-up, um, Donegal were that team. Luke McGlynn came on as well. He's only 18 years of age. Uh, he, he actually played soccer underage for Ireland. And uh I'm not sure did you did you catch it, boys, but when um the Kerry goalkeeper, Shane Murphy, is it Darren? Yeah, Shane Murphy, yeah. When Shane missed one of the frees, he was running back to the goals and Luke McGlynn, only 18, gives him a little pat on the back. So, you know, well done there, but uh n- nice miss or whatever. So it was uh it was good to see. Uh, I was very impressed with Donegal the whole game, and I thought it was probably it was the moment of the weekend, really, when when Paddy McBrearty got that um, got that late point, and you mentioned Paddy Carr. He was he was very emotional, and uh, I just did a little bit of uh, research. He kind of caught my attention, I suppose, with the the long hair, and I knew it wasn't a Donegal accent when I was listening to him too. So I <laughs> I looked up a bit about him, and on his Wikipedia. <clears throat> Says he was uh he's the Donegal manager, a former Donegal player, has an unbelievable head of hair. That's what it says too. So uh he was hiding it under the hat yesterday, but um I'm sure we'll see it during the summer. He actually he managed Kilmacud Crokes to their last All Ireland in 2009, won won two Leinster titles as well with them. So um a very, a very well traveled man and definitely a great start to his um managerial tenure. Yeah, no, and look, you've both touched on it there. The young lads come through, and do you know what? It actually looked that way with Donegal. They had that bit of freshness about them. Um, so, look, it is a case of watch this space. Um, it won't be playing sailing for him. I do think it's going to be a tough league for him um, because of all these new players coming in. They won't be outstanding in every game. They're going to come up against um, some tough opposition. But um, I'd be a lot more positive after watching Donegal. Um, you know, as you both mentioned, there are some very exciting young players. And when you have an 18 year old tough enough to give a bit of cheek to a goalie on his way back, you're kind of onto something. You need that you need that bit of cheekiness, you need that bit of arrogance, that bit of confidence. Um, and that that kind of that freshness will go through the team. So some of the boys that have been around the last couple of years, you know, it'll it'll bring them on another bit as well. But Niall, you mentioned the the moment of the weekend, Paddy McBrearty's score, but I think Ryan O'Donoghue might I have a couple of things to say about that. I think Mayo Galway was the game of the of the weekend. And I don't know about you lads, but I was absolutely blown away by the intensity of it. Uh, I think there was 15,000 at it. Like, it had a championship feel to it. Um, and before we talk about the game, I actually don't think I've ever seen Mikhail Park looking as well. Um, it was always a pitch I hated. It was like playing in clay, especially in, in January. But um, it looked unbelievable. And Mayo, another team you... 
what to expect. Um, a big, big call from next day to leave a nice number with RT to go in there. So they actually looked like they had that bit of freshness, that bit of excitement. I think Paul Gahora said in, a, in an interview recently, I think he mentioned the word giddy, you know, the, the bit of newness to it. So, and all of a sudden, they're even starting to kick the ball a bit more and potentially could have a full forward line of Ryan O'Donoghue, Conroy, and James Carr. So, are we about to see a different different male come to the fore this year, Kevin? I, I don't know, Darren, because I, I watched it for a second time last night and I actually wasn't as impressed as I was maybe the first time. I thought, you know, if you had told somebody or asked somebody, is this a James Holland team or a Kevin McStay team, you would have found it hard to, to differentiate. I didn't really see anything in Mayo that I hadn't seen a lot of before where when the game becomes ragged, that's kind of where they're at their best, where it's kind of a chaotic yeah. kind of a game at the end. And if I was Parik Joyce today, like, the clearance for Ryan O'Donoghue, like at an under 12, under 14 level, if you had done that, you'd be whipping that guy off. It was the most brainless yeah, clearance. Like you kick it out into the crowd, you know, you work it across to the other side. But to literally kick it straight back to the man to give him any kind of intercontinental forward of a decent standard should be slotting it over from time to five meters like that. So like Porrick Joyce just must have been pulling his hair out because Galway for me were the most much better side. It looked like they had an awful lot more about them. Damien Cover played midfield an awful lot more. Perhaps something Galway should have done in the All-Ireland final. And I think what surprised me is that McStay pulled uh, Dermot O'Connor to the sideline. He was substituted maybe in the last 10-15 minutes, which was maybe an interesting choice. And they brought in some of the heavy hitters. Aidan O'Shea didn't get a chance to, to do much at full forward, which they were probably hoping to, to plan around. But it was the same kind of Mayo, you know, very exciting, get the crowd going, kick some horrendous yeah. wides, you know, defensively they got caught, how Aiden Moore got caught inside with a ball coming in on top and, you know, just, it's kind of there's a lot of work, I think, for Max State to do there and I mean, we had been told that they were going to kick the ball an awful lot more, I didn't see much of it, I thought Galway were the better side, I thought Galway probably should have won, but I mean, a huge crowd the Mayo crowd probably got them back into it, and to be fair, Ryan O'Donoghue who was a great kick um, even if he had two bites of the cherry at it. But I think Galway will, will be sick today in terms of leaving two points behind them. Um, a lot for Mayo to work on. I think they have some guys to come back in as well. But for me, having watched it a second time, I wasn't impressed. I was probably caught up in the emotion a bit on Saturday night. And actually looking back at it and analysing it and looking at where Galway were, I think, you know, Galway were the better team, probably should have won. And I think Max Day has a, a bit of work to do in terms of, you know, tightening Mayo up a little bit and actually getting their forwards to work as a unit and work together rather than maybe some of the individual stuff that we've seen over the last number of years. Yeah, I suppose, Niall, in terms of Mayo, it's going to take a bit of, um, it's going to take a bit of getting used to, I suppose, the natural instinct of a lot of their players um, for a number of years has been to run it. And as Kevin did say, I suppose they got back into it in typical Mayo fashion. <laughs> Helter, skelter, carnage, bodies flying here, there and everywhere. Um, in terms of Galway, um, Kevin mentioned Comer, who at the start was incredible. You know, he was in the thick of everything. He was winning balls, scoring, assisting. But he's another fella, similar to McBrearty, I suppose, kind of plays in bursts. And I, I do think if Galway are going to step it up and go up another level and potentially go a step further than, than they did last year, they need him to be consistently in the game for the 70 minutes. I, I felt that the staff, he looked like a man possessed. Maybe he just ran out of steam a small but I know he was travelling over the winter. I'm not sure how long he's home or how much training he's at. Maybe he got tired, I don't know. But especially in Shane Walsh's absence, they need a more consistent 70 minutes, I think, out of Comer. Do you reckon, Niall? Yeah, yeah. Um, he did. He he started that game like a man who was going to go to town completely, um, mm. I suppose, Darren. But I think Mac, Mac Bryan, um is a physical man um, back there for Mayo. And he, he, like Comer, there's very few lads who can match Comer. But um, McBride was well able for him. As the game went on, I suppose, um, I think maybe when Comer um, started to go out of the game, that probably coincided with with the the period when Mayo came on top, and it was nearly all Mayo in in that second half, uh, apart from the, that brilliant Sean Kelly goal. 
Um, so I suppose, yeah, I think Galway, like Killy McDade and Comer were on fire really in the first half and just Mayo just seemed to get a little bit on top. But um, like Kevin, um, I, I didn't see too much new from Mayo either. It was the same kind of uh, running style and the same spirit and even the same excitement around the whole match too. Um, I'm not sure, did you see the videos uh, at halftime? There was a, a fella did a pitch invasion with a Mayo flag and actually uh, <laughs> fell when he got to the halfway line. And then at full time, the, the steward was calling for... Um, nobody to uh, invade the pitch and uh, well that fell on, on deaf ears anyway yeah it was, it was a bit funny to see it right the first round of the league and it was absolutely carnage at half time and at full time and, that's um, Mayo sure you, I was going to say you wouldn't see it anywhere else but Mayo um, but like that I think it'll be interesting Um, in terms of midfield I, I think the midfield was interesting like you I think Fenton or Kieran William was comparing Matty Rowan to Fenton and as probably the only other player who has the same attributes, but like on the other side, like McDade started, he had a big strapping on his knee, which I was surprised to see. Um, because obviously they'd be looking to go to the the latter stage of the league. I'd, I'd like to know what kind of injury he's carrying because it looked like a fairly heavy strapping. But like Conroy, McDade, Ruan, you know, they're three of the the best midfielders in the country at the moment so the Connacht Championship is going to be interesting but in fairness to Rouen he's um, he's definitely kicked it on as years have gone on and he's a, he's a big leader for him now for Mayo so it'd be interesting to see their progress throughout the year I'm, I'm oh, I'll never say I'm excited about Mayo because it tends to be the same old thing but I thought coming away from it they'd be I even thought they might be quietly confident that they could kick on this year, but then Mayo don't do anything quietly either. So they'll definitely be hyping things up. But look, McStay seemed happy enough with it, maybe happy enough to get the point against Galway, whereas Joyce wasn't so so happy just to be probably leaving a point behind him. But as you said, Kevin, they'll be kicking themselves for that last score that they put on a play for Ryan. It's a good kick now. It was a great kick, to be fair, but very naive for the Galway. They need to get rid of that bit of naivety. Um yeah, Learned I thought, like, speaking of Matthew Rowan there, Darren, I mean, his black card was, I don't know how he got a black card. No, he shouldn't have got involved in it, but, I mean, that's not what the black card was brought in for, like, you know, kind of having a bit of a, a dunt uh, off some fella. And, and I thought, you know, Joe McQuillan at times maybe didn't referee it, perhaps maybe at a championship level. I thought, you know, if that happened in a championship game, we'd just get up and get on with it things but I mean to give him a black card for that seemed a little bit strange and it, it did kind of you know I suppose create a bit of disjoint dis, you know disharmony amongst Mayo they had to kind of rejig things and maybe perhaps if he hadn't got the black card they could have kicked on a little bit with Aiden Shade Square but next day he had to rejig but I just thought maybe some some of the decisions from Joe McQuillan were a, a little bit baffling for both sides and maybe some of the referee over the weekend I thought was you know some of the referees are blowing a bit of dirty petrol out in their system as well there was one or two scores yeah. of in the Kerry Donegal game that mightn't have exactly been legit either. So, um, you know, I suppose we'll have to account for referees making some mistakes as well at this time of year. Yeah, I was going to give that one a miss, the, the Kerry Donegal one. Jack definitely wasn't going to give it a miss. Um, yeah, look, some of the decisions now, especially, I, I think with scores, you know, when you have two umpires there and you have linesmen who can see in the ref, very rarely you should be getting them wrong. Um, but look, we, we're not going to go into umpires today because... We could be here for hours giving out about him because just, a lot just of on the, the drive. On the Jack O'Connor one, um, he was pointing at the officials and uh I'd say it was a daunting place for them to be, but um one lad turned around and he he was brave enough. He uh he went back to Jack and eventually Jack shook his hand. So uh, he was he was the bravest of them anyway. I'm not sure who it was. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It would be nice to be able to hear what was being said there, but I don't think Jack was too uh that would have been too complimentary of him now, to be fair. But um, yeah, look, I look, we don't want to be talking about referees and umpires now in the first round of the league. There was a lot, enough going on. Um, I'm going to stay in Connacht. Uh, Roscommon and Tyrone. Um, massive win for Roscommon. Uh, they've been a yo-yo team in, in the National League the last number of years. Um, it was a huge win. 
and I'm going to come out with a bold one. And every time I come out with a prediction, I get made a fool of. I think Tyrone are going to go down this year. There's something not right there. Um, they got into a three-point lead in the second half with a, a good win at their back. Great chance to kick on, didn't take it. And then kind of collapsed after that. So, look, I don't know, you probably disagree with me. But I just, I don't, I don't see what's going on up there. They've just gone so far backwards after winning the All-Ireland. Um, Kevin, I don't know, will you back me up on this or will you say I'm uh, back up the wrong three? It's a, it's well, a, long, it's a, it's I, I, a hope, I hope you're not going to go to all this to carry a uh, carry strong game anyway. That could be very, uh, <laughs> might have something pinned up in the wall for you there. But, um, I just, I don't know what, what has gone wrong with Tyrone is an interesting one. And, you know, they, they came out of nowhere, they won in All-Ireland, you know, and it looked like they had, they were going to set themselves up for a number of years to give it a real rattle but they lost a huge amount of players last year um, they got to the Mickey in a Cup generally they do very well in the Mickey in a Cup kind of a uh, Mickey Hart kind of I suppose hangover in terms of doing well in pre-season and then obviously just flopped in the final and yesterday you know when they got level and they were down three points at half time they kicked on second half I think they got level and then you were thinking okay this is Tyrone here and Oscombe just hit them with the most kind of Tyrone-like sucker punch goals you could imagine Andrew Smith was outstanding and I have to say I've been to a good few games in the Hyde the Hyde uh, is a tough place to go for a lot of teams but Roscommon don't have a great record in Division 1 I think it's only one handful of games any of the times that they've been up and down over the last number of years but just Tyrone just kind of collapsed I think um, they just mentally didn't look up for it and they were shell-shocked and it's hard to know what's gone wrong I think their forward division is very good they look quite fit but defensively they just fell asunder yesterday and once Roscommon got a sniff of blood they really went for it and to be fair to Roscommon there's experienced campaigners there the Marches and the Smith you know Davy Burke is a manager that has been around a long time is well able to set up teams but I don't think Toronto are going to go down I think you know they have too many home games if you have to go to home, uh, you'll really uh, earn your corn there. Like I've been to Dr. Hyde Park numerous times for league games and a few championship games. It's a really tough place to go. But like Tyrone got sucker punched uh, yesterday, but they really were the architects of their own downfall for an awful lot of it. They allowed Ross Common to hang on uh, in there. And I mean, Darren McCurry came on. He, he looked very good. They, they have all the ingredients, Darren, but it's just not going for them at the moment, whatever is up in Tyrone. But I don't think they're going to get relegated. I think that might be uh, a little bit of a stretch. But I think, you know, teams going to Omer are going to find it tough, but they're not going as well. There, there is an issue there. And yeah, because of such a condensed season, you know, how many clear-the-air meetings are they going to have? Because they had quite a lot of them last year. It didn't work out. And I would say Doolan and Logan are under a bit of pressure if they don't win the next two or three games or, or performances don't improve. And uh, then it could be a, a bit of a summer of discontent as well as a, a winter of one from last year. Yeah, I don't. I just, like, you can name out all the players. And on paper, it's very strong. And the quality in the forwards is... You, you can't deny it but it's just like something you can't put your finger on like you said they, they won All-Ireland maybe coming from nowhere slightly and sometimes when you get that medal it's hard to keep the hung, get the hunger back Um, and they don't just I thought you know they would have they had an early exit last year come back this year hungry ready to go but they, by all accounts to a few of the games in the Mechanic Cup they weren't looking too good in the first game yesterday, they should have had that game done and dusted. They have enough quality there. There's not many players come back into the team. They're winning. They have the elements at their back. And very unlike Tyrone, they were their own downfall and defensively just being picked apart. And you mentioned then the Smith, what a what a player he's been over the last number of years and to come on and be involved in all three goals. And the pass for the first goal was absolutely beautiful now. Um, Darren, I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, Enda Smith. Um, I'm not sure why he didn't start um, yesterday, but came on after 40 minutes and had a hand in all three goals. As you said, the the pass for that first one, it was just, uh, uh, there was a lot of imagination, I suppose, in that. Um, I don't think many players would have seen it, but um, what like such a key player for Ascommon and has been so consistent for so long, 
Um, he did very well for the, I think it was the third goal. He did well to hold on to the ball um, yeah. there as well. That was uh, Ben O'Carroll's. And he's another man who, like Roscommon people, will be looking forward to seeing because um, he was an under-20 when they played awfully, when they lost awfully in that All-Ireland final um, two years ago. And um, with the two Murtas going well as well, um, Ben O'Carroll is probably a player that they they needed. And um, he looked very lively yesterday off, off both left and right foot. So um, plenty of positives uh, for us common. Um, disappointing for Tyrone. And I'd agree with you, Darren. I'd be worried if I was a Tyrone fan as well. Yeah, and... But, uh, Tyrone are they're like they still have to be worse than Monaghan, Donegal, or Roscommon to get relegated. And they're definitely not worse than those three teams who are the candidates for relegation, surely. Well, genuinely, I I was very impressed with Roscommon last year, and I felt they they got to the Connacht final and things just unraveled a bit for them. But um, I was very impressed with them throughout the league up to a certain point last year, um, and like that. Monaghan have somehow managed to survive the last couple of years so my favourites to go down were Monaghan and Donegal and just just after seeing Tyrone again last I was like going I just can't put my finger on it it's one of them ones that you're looking and you name out their players and I'm going they shouldn't be in that position they should be in the conversation to win the All-Ireland but I think it's maybe what's got me feeling this way is the improvement of the likes of the Armas the Derrys you know that all of a sudden, I just don't expect as much from from them. And I, I don't know, maybe it's an attitude thing up there. A lot of them have their medal. Sometimes it's hard to get get your hunger back after that. And there's a bit more bit more of a household name. You get a few more gigs. And it's hard to play with that edge. Maybe they were, it's a famous last words, maybe they softened a few of them, you know, which is very unlike Tyrone. But um Going back to Dun- or going back to Roscommon, Daly um, kicked three huge scores as well from wing back, and there was a funny moment where he got a a butte from outside of the outside the boot, and he gave Canavan a bit of a bit of lip, and I had to laugh. Canavan just started laughing at him, and Daly's only response to it was just to laugh back. <laughs> but it wasn't long after Canavan got a ball himself, and with the outside of the boot, pinged one over an absolute butte, and I was only waiting for him to go running over to him. And give him a few words, but it never never happened. But um no, it's pity he wasn't right beside him. <laughs> it, was, uh, it would have been funny. It was a good few of them moments uh over the weekend. Uh I seen when, when we were talking about the Luke McGlynn pushing um the carry keeper earlier. And I, I don't know how we got through the Mayo uh Gollum match without mentioning that James Carr goal. Um what a screamer oh, yeah. that was, but he nearly flattened the goal. He nearly flattened the Galway lad uh, straight after that too. And then you had Sean Kelly. He had a good reaction um, when Ryan O'Donoghue scored his point, just saying a little fair play as well. Yeah. So it's, it's always nice to see those sort of moments. Yeah, it is. It's the, it's the softer moments, I suppose. And like to be fair, most lads will acknowledge an opposition member if he does something spectacular. You're actually right, Niall. We did so much talking about everything else. We nearly forgot about James Carr's goal, which... To be fair, I don't think he gets normal goals. It was an absolute rocket. Um, he looks like a man who's put on a bit of bulk. He looks strong. He looks physical. We know he has the pace. So another fella who plays in in flashes. So maybe he can kick it on and be a bit more consistent through deer because he would be a, a massive asset to the male forward line. But like that, as we mentioned before, there's no point being an asset if the ball's not going to be kicked into because. The running game doesn't suit fellas when it's crowded up, up upside there. Um, I suppose the last game in Division One, our man Monaghan, poor old Rory Began one one three. Looking back on this one, Kevin, um, no, badly cut out. Like, yeah, badly cut. Like for him to make one mistake was bad enough, but I don't know what happened to him when the shot went in and he kind of seemed to have it and then dropped it and then kind of slid on the mud and then dragged the ball uh, into the net. Like, Monaghan will be under pressure. I think Armagh, you know, were no great shakes themselves, I think. Um, but, I mean, Castlevania obviously, is a nightmarish place to try and play any match at any stage um, of the year. You know, Patrick Kavanagh was right about Stony Grace Oil, and uh, there's a bit of it on the pitch there as well, I'd say. But, like, Monaghan probably will be looking at maybe 
getting two wins, two, three, maybe five, six points and seeing if that would be enough to keep them up because there's definitely a bit of transition there. They've stayed in Division 1 for a long time. Um, but Armagh were not great. I was a little bit disappointed, I think, um, in Armagh. And, you know, we obviously got four points. I think he got one mark, one free, two from play. And, you know, they did okay, I think. But I think Armagh, with a team of ambitions to, to go further in the championship, to maybe make a league final, I think McGinney needs silverware. He's been there for a very long time and they haven't got really anything under their belt. So I think they would be targeting the league. But they probably could have been better. I mean, this time 12 months ago, they blitzed the dubs. Uh, in Crow Park. It wasn't quite as fluid as that, but maybe they don't need to be quite as fluid this time around, but um, a good Ulster derby for, for night out uh, for Monaghan and our man. Monaghan will need to pick up points and they're playing Kerry next weekend, which is going to be a tough one uh, for them. But it, overall, a, a decent game, I think, and obviously Ethan Rafferty is just, he's just unbelievable. Uh, like, you know, they're talking about the Clipper effect you nearly go to see our man Ethan Rafferty to see what he's going to come up with next uh, because he's just absolutely exceptional in terms of his point taking and his overall general play he's, he's bringing goalkeeping I think even to the next level after the kind of Cuxton, Patton, Began kind of years we're seeing something even new coming out of our man he, he's a central part of it yeah, there was, a, there was actually a lot of goalies on the score, scoreboard the weekend Galligan, Rafferty, Morgan, Began. Um, but it is it is a very interesting one because you're actually like he's obviously a very good footballer. Like he's played outfield in the county, he plays for the club outfield. He's very agile. He's a big, strong man. But you're getting a free outfield player to play make. And as a forward, I was watching, going, "Geez, wouldn't that be great? Be coming on, to, coming onto the ball, facing the play with no one marking you. Able to, you'd have your vision in front of you of where you're going to put the ball anyway." So for a player like him, he's probably cruising through games, to be honest, because he's playing the game with nobody marking him. It's great. Yeah. Um, so you, you, fancy that. you mentioned him running on to play unmarked, and that was exactly what he did um, for that point, that brilliant point he got uh, there at the weekend. And he's just um, like a lot of the play, a lot of the keepers, uh, you see them leaving the goals uh, nowadays. And I don't think anyone has the kind of the power and the pace and just uh, he's so exciting to watch with the kind of the speed he, he's traveling at on the ball. Um, he, he's like he is actually an extra attacker for Armagh. And uh, yeah, Kevin's right. You, you nearly would uh, travel up to just to see him. Oh, you would like it's, it's bringing an extra level of excitement, too, because obviously you want to see them doing great things like Rafferty's doing and he's getting great scores but you're also half open one of them's going to slip and it's a mistake and there's a bit of excitement and a bit of hustle and Harry to try and get back and cover the goals like so um, I know it's just, it, it is it. look it's exciting but I think he's a he's at a different level to to the rest of them at the moment because he's he's I think he's a natural forward he's, he's not a goalie he's a natural forward who's getting to Play, play as he wishes. Pick and choose. Take a breather there. Play slow down, and he's a player who can pop it off from thirty-five, forty yards at his ease and stroll away back into goal. But I think you're right, Kevin. I think Armagh will be disappointed with the performance. They weren't great. Now, yesterday you probably expected a bit more from them, but they have two points on the board. Sometimes, you know, you'd be maybe overanalyzing the first round of the league a bit much. Um. But I just think teams are coming back a lot fresher than they would have before. So you maybe are expecting a bit more from them, even if it is early days. And a lot of them have had a lot of time to prepare for these games as well. It's not like the season only just finished and you know they've got no work done. A lot of them have a lot of work done. So um, there'll be a lot of work to to build on as well. And I suppose the next next weekend is going to be a big one for a lot of teams. Um, Kevin, you mentioned it there that Monaghan are travelling down to Kerry. Um, I think it's a huge game for Kerry and it's a huge game for the forwards that we criticised earlier in the show because if you don't perform this weekend coming, you don't get the two points, the games don't get any easier. I, I actually think Kerry, from a Kerry point of view, if you asked them what two games they wanted to start the league with, they probably would have said Donegal and Monaghan. So they need to start putting points on the board um, because like that, there's there's trips to Castlebar, there's trips to 
Oma. And after my comments, I might be after putting Kerry in a bit of hot, hot, hot water with that one. So the game's only going to get come thicker, faster, and a bit more intense. So it'll be it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks, Kevin. Yeah, like I mean, obviously Armagh going to they have Mayo next weekend as well. So you know, it, round one, the excuses, you know, it's okay. Ah, look, we're getting dirty patch out of the system but when you get into round two and you're thinking okay you know we need to get some points on the board here because you know Kerry got dragged into numerous relegation battles and Morris was the manager and you know it just it kind of deflates the entire season and obviously the season was much longer then so Kerry don't want to get dragged into that and if teams want to be ambitious to maybe win a league the, the Armaz and Galways I think they would be interested in winning a league and maybe the Tyrone uh, in them if they can get their ship together um, but for Kerry it's just about survival I think Monaghan's survival. Ross Collins' victory over Tyrone obviously puts Monaghan um, under pressure. And Johnny Hall, you know, getting his points on the board. The season can slip away from you very, very, very quickly uh, if you don't get something on a round two. You have a little bit of a break then and you're into February. Pitch is maybe getting slightly better. But um, I wouldn't say Kerry are under a lot of pressure. But if the performance level doesn't win, uh, improve significantly next week. And if they don't win by a couple of points or uh, if they end up with a draw and only one point from two games, uh, Jack O'Connor said he wasn't cranky anymore but I'd say he might be fairly cranky uh, this time next week if Kerry don't have at least two points on board Yeah I think uh, like that after the first game you're always going to ask the first game but if, you, if you're not getting the points on the board after two games with the intensity of Division 1 and it's so cutthroat eh, the pressure does come on and whether you think you've mellowed or not the crankiness will definitely come out Um We'll talk a bit about Division 2, but before we do, I, I just want to mention uh, last year's Taltian Cup finalists, Cavan and Westmead. It was um, it was a good first game for both of them to get. Um, Cavan will be delighted with the win, and I was delighted to see McFeezy back for Cavan, who was uh, who was looking very, very lively. And it's an interesting position for Westmead this year. Obviously, you want to get promoted to Division 2, but obviously they're guaranteed to be in the Sam Maguire, so it's a uh, it's interesting to see what their mind frame is going to be like and obviously with Desi in charge and Jason Sherlock in the backroom team there's going to be a bit of pressure there but um, it, was a, it was a good game and Kevin who I thought would win the Canton Cup last year looked like a team that mean business yeah yeah um, I think Westmeath were were a bit slow to get going in that one and if it wasn't for um centre back Ronan Wallace, he got forward for a goal. Um, I think Westmead were were just a bit uh off the pace. Uh Cavan were were a good bit sharper. So a little bit uh I suppose a wake up call um for Westmead. But uh yeah, Cavan, they they could be a team to watch again. Yeah, no, I I, I like Cavan the last couple of years. I I don't know how they ended up dropping the division so far, but um, they look like they've got their act together. And obviously, as I mentioned, McFeezy back this year, he's going to be a big addition in the forwards. Um, we'll shoot up to Division 2. Um, I suppose the first game we watched, Dublin and Kildare, normally a Division 1 game you'd expect, um, but very much had a Division 2 feel to it. Um, and then when you compare it to the pace and intensity of the game that followed it with Galway and Mayo, it was a strange one. God, or Dublin be happy to come away with the win but like that we keep saying the same line over and over again Kevin Arts first round of the league but they weren't very convincing I didn't think Dublin No I think uh, they've used 45 players in their first three games of the year um, Darren so that might just give an indication of you know trying to get that cohesion and actually get the balance yeah. right but I think overall I like Conal Callaghan started the game but was anonymous for the first 20 minutes or so no ball went into him and they're kind of still doing the same things that they were doing for the last two seasons where the shot selection is a bit wild at times um, defensively they can be carved open if there's direct ball going in Jack Robinson was electric in the first couple of minutes and I haven't seen Owen Merchant get skinned like that very often but Robinson was was uh, was just absolutely fantastic and I think Kildare today will feel that there was enough chances for them to win it or certainly get something out of it but the older guys for Dublin your Fenton Kieran Kilkenny you know like they are kind of keeping the show together John Small they are leading that team because there's a few guys blowing hot and cold Cormac Costello is kind of a hot and cold kind of a guy 
Um, and you know, Dublin obviously didn't have Evan, Evan Comerford as well. So it's hard to, to give him a full estimation, but I was disappointed in Dublin, I think. You know, Division 2, you form bad habits in Division 2. And the longer they stay in Division 2, you know, they might get away with that against Kildare and, and some of the other teams, you know, Meath and Cork in Division 2. But when they come up to Division 1 standard in the championship, which inevitably they will, and with the, the more opportunity for playing Division 1 teams with, with the various permutations this year, they might find it a little bit stickier uh, in terms of stuff like that. But look, it's very early days. They're going to walk Division 2. They're easily going to get to a league final. They're going to get promoted, no problem. Um, and obviously having the benefit of Croke Park, even in Division 2, is handy for them as well to be able to blood all those players in Croke for the league. So um, it's two points on the board, but I think Kildare, you know, Glenn Ryan obviously be scratching his head because they had enough opportunities, I think, to win that game. They just lack a real top-class forward that can do the damage. And they're not direct enough a lot of the players, they get the ball, they try and take a man on, they stop, they turn around. It's a hand pass back five yards where, you know, if you get direct ball into some runners against the dubs, they will allow you one-on-one. -on -one. And then if you have guys good enough uh, to get scores, and you can get scores. But I think disappointing for Kildare and a lot of dubs fans will probably be scratching their heads as well, wondering when Jack McCaffrey and Paul Manuel will come back in to, to give them a push, uh, a significant boost during the league. Yeah, Niall, uh, I don't want your thinking uh, feelings about it was. It just there was just something lacking, and I don't. I'm not going to go into the Crow Park debate and the league game, but I do always think in a game like that, if you add the atmosphere of a tighter ground, does it speed things up? I just think sometimes when you're playing in Crow Park and it's only quarter full, if that, and the pace is slow and the crowd aren't into it and they're very far away that. All these different factors just make it quite a boring spectacle. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of club games over the winter, like even the Leinster Club semi-finals were played there this year. Uh, which, like the the atmosphere, like Croke Park when it's empty, it's just it's very dead, and it's hard to hard to get into a game. It even was that way for the All Ireland Club hurling final. Uh, this year as well. So, um, and and as as we all know, the pitch isn't in great nick at the moment as well. So, um, I suppose that's a, another argument. But, uh, yeah, I suppose Dublin, um, they'll be they'll be slightly they'll be slightly disappointed. It's, it's early days, obviously, but, um, they were a bit sloppy early on. Um, made a few. You even had lads like Brian Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny. Uh, dropping balls into the the keeper's hands, which is is very unusual. But um, yeah, I was I was I was kind of impressed with with Kildare at times. Now, um, I thought their full back line, their three hardy boys, um, Ryan Houlihan, Shea Ryan, and Mick O'Grady. Mick O'Grady did very well on on Conor Callahan. To be fair yeah. to him, and uh, Ryan Houlihan, he's he's not the tallest, but. Uh, he gave Brian Fenton uh, a bit of a sickener of a hit there. Um, definitely a tough corner back. Um, and like ver very impressed. Neil Flynn is a player who always impressed me for, for Kildare. Just a brilliant, brilliant link man in midfield. And I suppose Kevin said they're maybe lacking uh, a marquee forward. But I, I'd say Derek Irwin is, is coming close to that um status at, at this stage he probably has a bit to go yet but what a brilliant uh left foot and what a brilliant finisher um so yeah i think Kildare they'll be disappointed they didn't win it they definitely had enough chances um and glenn ryan he he doesn't hide his disappointment in in those post-match interviews anyway no which is good to, good for us and good for everyone watching as well um yeah it was one of them ones i, I expected dublin to win it but it just you know, I came away from it a bit underwhelmed by him. I thought I was going to see a bit more and even the pace of it, you know, was a bit unlike Dublin. Um, elsewhere in Division 2, um, buddy of mine on a different podcast said Cork were his team to watch this year. And um, Mead under Colmarook had a great start down in Parky Creek, which again looked amazing. Um, but I was I was shocked at the scoreline. Nineteen points is massive kicking by Cork, but to concede three fourteen, and uh, they brought Kevin Walsh into the backroom team this year, 
And when Kevin Walsh with Galway, they were just so solid at the back. They were very defensive minded, you know, mind the house. And I assumed, I still assume, and that's what he was brought in for. Maybe it takes a while for these ideas, but they were just cut open Cork where the weekend. Um, and like to kick 19 points and come away losing is a desperate kick into their stomach. Um, Kevin saw, I don't know, like Cork looked impressive. I know what the McGrath Cup, they looked like they were moving in the right direction. And, is it a case of Cork aren't pushing on again, Kevin, or is or, or am I just being a bit harsh after the first round of the league? Like Kevin Walsh has gone in there to, to sort out the defence of Cork and he'll blow a gasket today because like Meath just basically ran through them for those three goals. And I know maybe the third one was a few steps um by O'Sullivan, but even still, like you mentioned there, I mean to kick that amount of scores and still lose. He's absolutely criminal in terms of the scoring. And, you know, Meath must really have been thinking that the game was out of reach. I mean, if you concede 19 points, you're thinking, you know, Kerry only won the All-Ireland scoring 20 points last year. So, I mean, it, ha- it has to win the majority of matches. But Cork were good up to halftime and then just totally fell away. I think Colm O'Rourke, where contrast to Colm Mayo, where Max Day maybe hasn't made a big impact with Mayo yet, you could obviously see Colm O'Rourke having played in the 80s with Mead as a kick football and, you know, toughness and there was a bit of hardness and there was a bit of, you know, Mead's edge that we have maybe missed over the last 10 years or so. And I thought they were very, very good. They mixed the good with the bad at times. Some of their passing was a little bit wayward, but you could see exactly what they were trying to do. But from a court point of view, Yes, Sherlock obviously got 14 points and, you know, up top they were pretty good. But the, the, the six in defence looked like they didn't really know what they were doing at times. And I think Kevin Walsh has a, a lot of work to do in terms of making them more compact because Porky Creed was a big pitch and Mead exploited that hugely uh, yesterday at all, especially in the last 10-15 minutes. Mead just absolutely took over um, and it looked like they were playing with 16 or 17 men almost at times where Cork just kind of retreated into their shells and I know obviously uh, John Cleary has a, a lot of work to do there to try and get things sorted but they, they do have a lot of work in Division 2 is a bare pit and I don't think Cork will be coming up this year because they've been a few very, very tricky games but Mead certainly looked impressive and I think Colm O'Rourke needed a good start down in Cork and has got it and they might 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 just be a rival uh, to the Dubs in Minster if they can have a good league campaign but uh, there's a good few questions Mark and obviously we've heard a lot about the, the original Shane Walsh in Galway but certainly Shane Walsh for Mead was absolutely exceptional yesterday for a guy like him to come back kick one seven um, it was a revelation and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him in the next couple of weeks yeah, I was gonna just about to mention him as well. One seven, one three from play, and I think he said after the game, when you're inside and you're showing hard, you just want to kick pass. If we can get the ball in early, we'll have a go. But that's what you want. Like that's why I genuinely always have a soft spot for the Mayo forward because the ball doesn't come in quick enough. And that's the last thing I'm gonna say about Mayo. But the ball doesn't if the ball doesn't come in quick enough, your job is being made so much harder. But if you kick it in there, you have a an opportunity to go one-on-one and like that Cork had started the game very well all of a sudden Shane Walsh got his man one-on-one eyeball to eyeball went at him went straight through and something that it's not just Cork um, but it was actually in the Dublin and the Kildare game as well fellas are so obsessed I think Niall with Mark and their own man they actually don't see the, the point of danger and for Fenton's goal the area he ran into was just wide open and there was three Kildare fellas looking on the opposite side, watching their man who was never would never going to be in danger of anything happening, you know. So it's mm-hmm. something that it's a bit like zone remarking, I suppose, at times in soccer and whatever, but I'm not sure it's an individual thing as well. I'm not sure what cock players weren't sensing the danger. Where is the danger zone? The danger zone is inside the penalty box and they just didn't cop it. I, a lot of it is too busy marking their own man who isn't a danger at the time. So they've a lot of work to do um, down in Cork now. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't sense it for that uh, Shane Walsh goal. I think it was the wing back. He he stuck with, with the mead wing forward and kind of let Walsh open up the space for him. Um, we'll say, but um, it was brilliant from Walsh and and very impressive from Mead in general. Uh, I actually watched the uh, in the first ten minutes. 
I think they only had three or four attacks. Um, Cork were were kind of dominating the ball in the game, but for every one of those attacks, and the, the last one was um that Shane Walsh goal, a Mead player just kicked the ball forward, um straight from the throw in, um Ronan Jones won the ball and he just booted it into the to the box. So it was uh they're certainly listening to their manager because uh Colm Rourke is is a man who who has been championing uh the kick pass and saying that football is all about uh, kicking the ball. So it, it's good to see that um, they did a, a good bit of that yesterday. It didn't work out at times, but um, they definitely seem to have a more positive mindset. And I suppose that comes from from uh, kicking the ball. Um, Shane Walsh, uh, Kevin mentioned how, how he's excited to see him for the year and I'm I'm the exact same. Um, he's the he's the DCU Sigerson captain, and they're out in the quarterfinal uh, tomorrow. So it's it just goes to show the the busy schedule a lot of these a lot of these young fellas have at, at the moment. Yeah, it's, and it's I think hard going for them. Go we mentioned at the start there that Paddy Carr was saying, you know, players are aren't afraid to make mistakes, but Cork were were really afraid to make mistakes and you know it was so predictable and me actually once they got to grips with them it, they found it very easy to shut down the cork attack i think and you know there's a lot of work to be done there where it's kind of one-dimensional it's you know it's a guy on the loop all the time you know the patterns of play were very easily identifiable and obviously the meat team had done their homework in cork from the grad cup earlier this year um where they ran loads of goals in against against kerry obviously in the grand cup and i think cork had three or four goal chances yesterday and didn't take any of them and if they take one of those they win the match so you know realistically I, I think there's a huge amount of work there and, and it's old feelings coming back to the Horn Cork again so it's, it's a big league campaign for John Cleary and a lot of those players Yeah and I suppose elsewhere in Division 2 uh, another team who will be expecting to go up to Division 1 this year and put another big push in the Championship Derry they gave uh, Limerick who are now without Billy Lee as manager they gave him a good introduction to Division 2 football um, the only surprising thing was to see certain few names on the on the Derry squad the weekend. Um, but look, they, they've started as I suppose they mean to go on, a uh, convincing win. And look, I'm presuming they're going to want to get their place in the league final as soon as possible, wrapped up and ready to go. Um, so they'll be exciting to see how they push on this year now, Kevin. Yeah, I think look the two lads. Obviously, I think Rory Gallagher said he had no doubt they were going to play, and by all accounts, they were very, very impressive um, in the game. Limerick, I think, would be very disappointed. Four points. I mean, for a team to come up, they're they're going to find the the rarefier the air of, of Division Two a little bit hot, too hot to handle. I think, but you know, for them, for Derry to cruise to that, you're right. Look, it's a league final for them. It's promotion to Division One. I fully expect Derry and Dublin to be in that league final. Um, in Division Two, and they're they're round robin game will be very interesting to see um how it goes uh, uh Darren. But look, I mean, Shane McGuigan is just an absolute class act, and you know, nine points, absolutely brilliant stuff. What Rory Gallagher might think of the whole Kim McCudd's uh scenario on whether he might be missing one or two of those Glenn players in the next couple of weeks again for another match might be a different story, but it's a very good start for them. They're impressive, and everyone wants to see Derry be a little bit more expansive, and they started in the right fashion anyway. Yeah, um, like that, I suppose we kind of expect them to hit the ground running, probably expect a bit more from well, maybe hope to for a bit more from Limerick, but um, it was a good introduction into Division Two football for them because. Um, they've come up a level obviously the momentum that they built over the last number of years with Billy Lee they have to just try and kick it on and elsewhere the other game there a big win by Clare Jamie Malone coming up with that clutch moment at the end um, and I'm just every year I'm impressed with Clare to be honest I'm a big fan of their big fan of Colin Collins Niall and look they didn't play well but we were on about that bit of toughness you know sometimes you have to have and Claire were down three points going into the last couple of minutes, going into injury time, and still managed to eke out a big win. So um, it's going to be competitive. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so we'll see how it goes. What do you reckon, Niall? Will Claire have anything to say? Or will it be mid-table? Will they avoid relegation? Um, they could have, yeah. Uh, that was definitely a very good start for them in, in um, Division 2. I think everyone's saying Division 2 is probably going to be uh the most competitive of all uh with with Dublin Kildare 
all these teams. So Claire, Claire definitely could have something to say. Uh, another great uh, stoppage time intervention from from Jamie Malone. He got the the winner against Roscommon um, last year. So uh, sure, yeah. Claire definitely have a bit of spirit about them. And uh, I know you two carry men. You're, you're very smug anyway, looking down at Dublin <laughs> in Division Two. Actually, look, we we were looking up them for long enough, so we're, we're going to enjoy this now for a while. But uh, like that, I I don't expect to be looking down them in Division Two for for too long now. To be fair, but it will be interesting to see the quality of their of their games and their performances over the next couple of weeks because yeah, Kevin said it there. You do you can develop bad habits. And you can start to expect that extra second or half second on the ball that you won't get come the latter stages of the championship um, like that. They'll be going from Division 2 into the Leinster Championship, which hasn't been great the last number of years. So they could be quite a while waiting for a good competitive game. Um, so I think the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. I th- I'm really looking forward to seeing... Jack McCaffrey back. I'm looking forward to seeing Mannion back. Uh, Mannion was one of my favourite forwards to watch um, before he half retired or took his break or whatever you want to call it. But I'm curious to see what Paul Mannion comes back because when you're away from the game for any period of time and you get that bit older, sometimes you lose that little yard of pace, that little turn of pace, that little spark and if he's lost that bit of a drop of the shoulder and go, do they play him in the full forward line or do they try and play him as a playmaker at centre forward? That's something I've been thinking of recently because I think if you don't have that that drop of the shoulder and that go if you're in the full forward line, a lot of the times nowadays you're just going to be winning a ball, standing your man up. If the shot is not, you're just reversing it and rotating the ball and that slows it down and that brings bodies back so it's going to be interesting I think if you spend any period of time away from the inter-county game with the way it's gone now and the conditioning of players um, it might take a bit of time to get up to pace and obviously it might be a bit easier from getting into the Division 2 pace but uh, it'll be interesting to see Kevin I'm not sure what you think about it but um, I'm curious to see like I'd love to see Mannion back playing at his best because I think he was absolutely brilliant yeah, I th- oh, look, he's an outstanding forward and uh, I got to see him up close in the 19 replay in Crow Park and he, he was brilliant that day after having a very quiet, um, you know, first outing. But Dublin, I think, have a lot of other options. They don't need to rush him back. I think Jack McCaffrey is the same. You know, there's no panic on getting Jack McCaffrey back because even if Jack McCaffrey comes back at 90% of the player he was in, you know, March and April, once he's up to 100% for June and July, Dublin will be in an All-Ireland semi-final and that's when you need those guys. But Mannion, you're right. Like, I found him very dependent almost on his left foot playing for Kilmacud now where obviously with Dublin you know better defenders will block off that left foot option and he has to go on his right and go on the outside and make that little space and um, it is hard the ankle injury as well you know uh, you have to have that burst on your ankle as well you seem to go down in the final of the club championship uh, was another issue as well and you know your ankle is very slow uh, to get right but I think for Dublin it's vital that he's there as a, a significant option whether he would be a centre forward option I don't know on a kind of a gooch in the latter end of his career uh, to spray ball around because he certainly has the vision uh, but you need pace at centre forward now as well to get away from your man look pace is the number one thing for any forward and even if he has lost that half a yard if you're up against somebody like a Tom O'Sullivan um, you know who will eat you gobble you up in terms of speed or a handsy or someone like that you know, you're not going to be able to get away from him. So it'll be interesting, but he'll be given plenty of time um, to get right, I think, by Dublin. They're in no rush to get those guys back. And that'll be the interesting thing for Dublin, whether they're right for May, June and July. Yeah, and I suppose, look, we're kind of nearly wrapping up now. We've come to the end of it. But uh, next weekend, not a huge weekend of football. Um, a lot of big games coming up. And I'm looking at the fixtures here. And Tyrone Donegal sends out such a must-win game for... Tyrone now um, and Galway Roscommon Galway are going to be wanting to get onto winning ways they're at home uh, another Connacht it's like Connacht Championship a mini Connacht Championship for Galway to start the league um, so the games to be fair they're all exciting games every weekend um, 
think the Kerry Monaghan and the Armagh Mayo game is on TV as well. So we'll have plenty watching and uh, things don't get any easier in Division 2 for Limerick. They'll be playing Dublin. And another game I'll be keeping a good eye on is the Kildare and Cork game. Kildare will feel a bit of a moral moral victory, even though they don't want it. They will feel they should have got something maybe out of the game or could have got something out of the game the weekend and against the Cork team who are bound to be feeling a bit sorry for themselves after the weekend. So Cork need to be coming out of Kildare with something um, and likewise Kildare need to be winning their home game. So a lot of exciting games to look forward to. Um, it's great to have the show back. Um, delighted to have Niall and Kevin with me and I'm looking forward to plenty more excitement and controversy over the coming weeks, boys. Definitely. Bring it on.